place. Turn back to the book of Acts tonight, Acts chapter number 17, Acts chapter number 17. Uh, once again, wonderful music today. Uh, good job, orchestra. Appreciate all your hard work and uh, uh, appreciate that offertory. And tonight will be in Acts chapter number 17 once again. And uh, the, the truth of Father, I want to, I want to, I want to leave with you tonight uh, something I want us to be aware of and be on guard of. Uh, and uh, I don't intend on being uh, too long. That's preacher talk. For I have no idea how long I'm going to preach tonight. Uh, but uh, I do want you to have a good week uh, this week with the July 4th holiday and look forward to what God has for us. I mean, I haven't said a lot about it tonight, but uh, this morning I mentioned it was in the bulletin about to sell the property this week. And so we praise the Lord uh, for that step gets us a little closer to the final step of getting relocated, and so continue to pray about that, and as information uh, comes about, I will keep you informed of that, and we look forward to seeing all that the Lord does, but let's be faithful to pray, and to continue to give, and uh, and we look forward to seeing what God does. Uh, Acts chapter number 17, this morning we were in the first four verses, uh, but tonight I want to uh, read verse number five, and, and verse number five is from which uh, we'll get our message tonight. Uh, of course, we know that Paul was following that uh, pattern that the Lord gave him. And this morning we uh, talked about the ancient pattern from modern times. And that pattern is still lifting up Jesus Christ. It is still pointing men to Him. And now we see in verse number 5, read along with me if you will, but the Jews which believed not. Now there's no contrast here. Some of them believed in verse number 4. Now here's some of them which believed not. Moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, and gathered a company, and set all the city on an uproar, and assaulted the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. If you continue reading, you see uh, the progression here as they are just, uh, they are very upset at what is taking place. They are upset by this, these men, uh, namely Paul and the power of God they had in their life and how uh, it has rocked their religious world. And uh, they had the people uh, following these sti- uh, strict uh, uh, principles of their religion. And now a preaching of the gospel has changed things. And we find in verse number 5, and what I want to bring the message tonight, but the Jews which believed not, notice this next phrase, moved with envy. Envy is a word that you and I need to be aware of. It's a word that we need to be on guard against. I've often said, and I'll say it again tonight, that in a church like ours, the devil's not going to get the vast majority of Christians such as in this room tonight with a beer bottle. He's not going to get them with some vice that we are on guard against. But he might get you with envy. He might get you with something of that sort. Tonight I want us to look at that phrase, moved with envy. Father, I pray uh, that you'll just bless the time we have together tonight. May uh, we allow the Scripture to be our instructor this evening. May the Holy Spirit uh, work in our hearts tonight. Uh, Father, if there's uh, any hint of jealousy or envy in my life, I'd certainly like the Holy Spirit uh, to make me aware of that. And Father, may we just be on guard on these things that will destroy us from the inside out. Uh, and do much damage to the cause of Christ. I pray that tonight will be a message that uh, is preventative, uh, that it will keep us from going down a path uh, 
of destruction. It will keep us from hurting some other Christian. It will keep us right with you. I pray that you'll bless the message this evening in Jesus' name. Amen. And we find some actions that took place here. We find the uh, culprit uh, or the, the one who compelled much of what took place was envy. Envy can be defined as to feel uneasiness or discontent towards superior excellence, reputation, or happiness of another. Uh, you can uh, be upset. You can be uh, discontented because of the success of somebody else. Because of just the happiness of somebody else. Usually it is accompanied with some degree of hatred. Often with a desire to uh, depreciate the person. Envy springs from pride. Envy is a little different than jealousy. It's jealousy with words. It's jealousy with motives. It is, it is something that is active. And we see that someone is having success. We see that somebody is happy. And it's sad to say there are some people in this world that just get upset when somebody else is happier than they are. They just get upset when somebody else is even blessed by God in greater ways than they are. And friend, uh, the success of somebody else should have no bearing on, on your life. It should have no effect on your life. Uh, if nothing else, use the old principle in the Bible or the scripture, iron sharper than iron, was better than ourselves. But this is envy. Envy is not just uh, I am jealous of what somebody else has or I put the attention on what I do not have or what I think I should have. Envy says, I don't like the fact that they have it. Envy says, I don't like the fact that they're happy. Envy says, I don't like the fact that they're enjoying something that I am not enjoying. And it develops inside of us, and a hatred accompanies envy. It causes us to action. It causes us to do things that we should not do. It wants us to bring somebody else off of a pedestal that we think they are on, down to where we are. Envy has destroyed many churches. Envy has destroyed many preachers. Envy has destroyed many Christians because they are not satisfied with where they are in life or they see somebody else that God is blessing. They see something that they think somebody else has that they do not deserve. And friend, let me just say this. You don't get to decide. I don't get to decide who God uses in and what way. Uh, we ought to be grateful uh, that we even get to speak the name of Christ, Jesus Christ. We ought to be grateful that we get to serve Him in any capacity. you got to be very careful uh, that we don't, we don't allow envy to creep in. We see that somebody else has something that we think we deserve. It happens in churches where we say, well, I ought to be able to have the opportunity they have, or why can't I do what they do? And there's nothing wrong with wanting to do more. There's nothing wrong with wanting to accomplish more. But we put our focus on another individual, and we allow our emotions, we allow our feelings to develop feelings that are not, are not Christ-honoring, and hatred accompanies them to the point where they want to do, do something to that individual. A good example of this is Saul. The Bible tells us that Saul uh, was head and shoulders above all men in, in the nation of Israel. The Bible says he was a goodly young man. He was chosen to be the first king. Saul, as I've preached many times, was the kind of young man 
uh, that, that every uh, mom and dad would want their daughter to bring home one day. He was the young man that, that you would point your son to and say, be like Saul. This was Saul. Saul started out right. But what was the downfall of Saul? It wasn't adultery that got Saul. It wasn't any of these other uh, sins that we uh, put a focus on that got Saul. It was envy. It was when God used David to bring a great victory and the people began to praise David. And the people began to sing songs of, of praise about David and the focus was not on Saul. And Saul was more focused on himself than the fact that God gave a great victory to His people. Well, today I rejoice in the fact that God used more than just me to advance His cause. And we ought to celebrate that fact. And we ought to rejoice in that fact. And we shouldn't be envious of the fact that God has put His favor on somebody else. Today, all over this nation, all over this world, there are faithful men of God who stood and preached. There were faithful church people just like here. And there were those that were snatched out of the flames of hell because they believed on on the Lord Jesus Christ, we ought to celebrate that. Not get envious because God used somebody else in a way that He did not use us. And we, are, we shouldn't get envious that somebody uh, has a little, uh, God uses them in a capacity that He does not use us. That was the downfall of Saul. You find Saul, you know the story, trying to kill David. What was it that motivated him? Envy. What was it that burned inside of him? Envy. You find Saul consorting even with a witch. You find the Spirit of God leaving Saul, and it was because of envy that compelled him to do so. The Bible says much about envy. Proverbs chapter 40, verse 30 reminds us a sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy the rottenness of the bones. We're reminded in the book of Romans chapter number 1, that passage of Scripture that reminds us that uh, when God turns uh, someone over to the flesh and they have that reprobate mind uh, in, in the middle of uh, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, murderers, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. In the, in the middle of all of that list, of all of the characteristics of when God turns somebody over to the flesh, right in the middle of that list is this phrase, full of Envy. Now, I remind you tonight, it is not just simple je- jealousy. It is that emotion, that envy that says, I am not, a, I am upset because uh, somebody is prospering. I am upset because God is blessing somebody else. I am upset and I'm going to do something to, to bring them down. I'm going to do something uh, to derail them. This was the case we find in our text. These men, instead of saying, okay, we're going to turn to God as you did, Paul, we're going to spend in time getting the power of God such as you did, Paul, they were moved with envy to stop him. They were moved with envy at the blessings that had taken place and those that had chosen to put their faith and consult with Paul as we preached this morning and that hatred that accompanied it. Look at Matthew 27, specifically verse 18, as Christ is brought before Pilate. Pilate said, would you have me release Jesus? 
released Barabbas and their cry was, Crucify Him! Crucify Him! You know the story well. The Scripture records for us in Matthew and also in Mark that Pilate knew that it was because of envy that they did this. Envy that was in the heart of those and envy moved them to crucify the Son of God. You know what that tells me? They knew who Jesus was. They knew He was the Son of God, but yet envy had so captured their heart and envy had so captured their decision-making that it was just, we've got to bring Him down. And we can have somebody that's above us. It was envy that moved them to do that. I want us to notice several things tonight that happens. Tonight, this is a preventative message. This is a message I want you to take note of so that we aren't a casualty. So we're not as King Saul was and, and, and God withdraws His hands so that he, He's not only not used, but He has become an example of what not to be as a child of God, what not to be. We, be, we need to notice the Scripture tonight of what takes place when we are moved with envy. Notice number one, we find in our, our, our text this evening in verse number five, uh, notice first of all what did not move them. The Bible tells us what moved them, envy. But notice what did not move them. We know in verses 1 through 4 that Paul was preaching of a risen Savior. He was preaching of that way of forgiveness. He was preaching of Christ crucified as the Son of God risen again. He was reasoning with them from the Scriptures, but that didn't move them. That didn't make them uh, do something. That didn't bring them to action. You know, it's amazing. It tells a lot about the Christian when you can see what does not move them. If you see what does not move them, you won't be surprised at what actually moves them. There are a lot of uh, Christians' compassion does not move them. The fact that people need the Lord and people need a Savior, that doesn't move them at all. Uh, that doesn't cause them to action at all. A conviction does not move them. Oh, how Paul preached with the Holy Spirit of God empowering his life and empowering his preaching and yet that conviction of the Holy Spirit didn't move them at all. But envy did. Christian, what moves you tonight? What moves you? Does the Word of God move you? Does compassion move you? Does conviction move you? And we're more moved by envy. I, I, I have the privilege of fellowshipping with preachers quite often. And I love to see the blessings of God on other men. I love preachers. I love being around preachers. And I tell you, when I see the move of God, I see the touch of God on another man of God, it doesn't move me to try and bring them down, to try and point out all the things that were wrong with them. But something inside of me says, you know what, I, I want to find out a little bit something of how they get something from God that I'm not getting. Uh, tell me about your prayer life. Tell me about how much time you spend with God. Uh, tell me about what you're not doing in your schedule. See, for too many of us, we're moved by the wrong things. We ought to be 
compelled to do something. You see God raise somebody up in our church and begin to bless them. And you see a Sunday school class grow. And you see some things take place. Don't be jealous about the fact that God's using them. Don't be envious. Don't let that move you. Be moved by the fact that we need to give more of ourselves to God. We need to give more of ourselves to the Word of God. We need to spend more time in prayer. Why don't we let the right things move us? If you look at the Scripture, they were not moved. All the things that they should be moved by. Friend, if you're not moved by compassion, you're not moved by the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God, it won't be very long when something like envy will move you. Something like envy will cause you to action. Wait, that's why we need to keep our hearts tender to the things of God. That's why every time the Holy Spirit of God speaks to your heart, pricks your heart about something, you should act on it. You should move on it. You should give into it. We ought to be moved by that. We ought to be moved by the appeal that people need us to, 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 to preach the gospel and that people need us to be a help to them. My children need me to be what I need to be. And that responsibility moves me. But when those things don't move you, it's just a matter of time. Before envy will move you. Envy will cause you to ask, and you see that by a generation of preachers today. They want to look at that previous generation, that previous generation that's been faithful. They want to try and, and, and tear them down and bring them down and remind all of us that they were not perfect men as if we thought they were perfect men to begin with. What is it? Well, besides the fact that they stand in the Word of God or many of them do not stand, I believe it's just envy. We can't stand the fact that God will use somebody who we don't deem worthy to be used and instead of bringing ourselves up and spending our time in prayer and our time in the Word of God, we're going to bring them down. It's envy that moves us to do that. Make sure you're moved by the right things or you'll be moved by the wrong things. Number two, we find very quickly, we find, we notice that envy always, always accompanies wickedness. But the Jews which believe not moved with envy, these self-righteous religious men, they were so self-righteous that they did not need Jesus to save them. They held to the law with such strict obedience that they were depending on that for their salvation. But notice, once they were not moved with condition, they were not moved by the Scripture, and then they were moved with envy, notice who these self-righteous, these holier-than-thou, these who kept every letter of the law, notice who their allies became. They were moved with envy and took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. Don't you love the way Scripture reads? You say, what kind of people were those? I don't know, but they don't sound very good. Uh, they were lewd fellows of the baser sort. Uh, they were not a good crowd. And here we have this group who is so righteous and so, uh, so, so uh, keeping to the letter of the law. They put on 
in this persona of being right with God, put on this persona of being doing everything the way it should be done, but yet who are their allies? Their allies were those the scripture calls lewd of the baser sort. This was the bottom of the barrel. This was going to the sewer to find their allies. And isn't it amazing what happens with a child of God when they allow envy to work inside of their heart? Who their allies become? Who, who, who those who they partner with uh, to, to, to do uh, the, the work of Satan? Friend, you need to be very, very careful. Your associations tell you so much. It tells everybody so much about you. And when we allow envy to work in our heart and we see that God is blessing other people and then we decide and we don't want to go through that and we don't want to make the sacrifices and we begin to get in our self-righteous mode and say, I don't think God should use them and I don't think God should bless them like that. And, I'm, I, and I've got I've to help even things out. And, and, and they, God's been too good to them. I've got to remind them that they're not perfect. I've got to remind them that they're not what they think they are. And God has called me to the ministry of leveling the playing field for all of God's other children. You say, Pastor, that is being ridiculous. Oh, it sounds ridiculous. But how many times have I seen it played out in the life of a Christian? They are not moved by what should move them. And now they get some alliances of those who make no proclamation of serving God. Make no proclamation of doing that which is right. You be careful of envy. Because those who you wouldn't walk across the street to, to drink a cup of coffee with will become your greatest allies. Once you allow envy to work in your heart. Many a Christian has been attacked because of envy. Many a preacher has been attacked because of envy. Many a church has been vilified because of envy. Oh, Christian, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Be moved by the right things. For good people can fall. Oh, because of all the vices of, of this world, but because of something like envy. It wants to destroy somebody else. It wants to ruin somebody else. Be very, very careful. Very, very careful. You gotta be careful in a church like ours. You gotta be careful with, with preachers' kids and staff kids and all those others. Say, well, they've got all these privileges. They've got all these things. It's my responsibility to, to bring them down the level, friend. Uh, that's not your responsibility. You didn't decide who was born to who. And I promise you tonight, there's another side of that that you do not see. You gotta be very, very careful. God did not choose you to even the playing field for people. Matter of fact, this Bible says that He will elevate some. The Bible says that He would put a blessing on some. And friend, you and I ought to just be cheering that there's somebody out here who will fight the devil. There's somebody out here who will stand where he's right. So God blessing somebody. I'm just thankful. I'm on their team. I'm on their side. Uh, we're fighting the devil together. And we ought to cheer. And we ought to rejoice. And be very, very careful. Because when you get envy going, you'll make associations that you never would have made before. Because your goal has now become, I've got to bring them down. And you'll make alliances with lewd fellows of the baser sort. 
Now that's something that's the scripture I think I'm going to start using. You're just a lewd fellow of the baser sort. We see number three. Notice that envy victimizes innocent people. When they took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort and gathered a company and set all the city on an uproar and assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring him out to the people. What did Jason do? Well, they thought these men were in his house. So they come and they assault his house. They, they bring him out. They victimize an innocent person. Let me remind you, these are the religious people. Let me remind you, these are those who kept to the law and they had this persona that they're doing everything that they're supposed to do. But because God used somebody else because they were so steeped in their pride in this situation that they rejected the Lord Jesus Christ, they ended up victimizing Innocent people, a friend, be very, very careful. I know we're dealing with the gospel here. I know we're dealing with a, with a rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ. But many a Christian has done the same thing. And one of the culprits is envy in their heart because they look at how God is but somebody else inside the church. They look and say, well, I know what they used to do. I don't think they should serve God in that capacity, friend. It is not you to decide. It is not me to decide. It is the Lord Jesus to decide who He blesses and what way He blesses. And you and I need to be very, very careful because if we allow envy, that which is inside of us that says, I'm upset because they are above me in some area or God is blessed in some area and there's hatred that will follow that and it comes from pride. Innocent people will be hurt. I know a lot of children through the years who've been hurt because mom and dad allowed envy to overtake them as a Christian. And that jealousy with works, that envy that moved them to violate. Friend, you can put as much justification on your right and wrong as you want, but if it violates Scripture verse after Scripture verse after Scripture verse, you are not in the right, you are in the wrong, and innocent people get hurt every time we go against the Bible. It's envy. Envy. For innocent people, we find Jason minding his own business, and yet those who had partnered with the rude fellows, we find envy victimizes the fourth observation tonight. Are you still with me? We find that it disturbs peace and harmony. They gathered a company. They said all the city on an uproar. God was doing a work. Everybody was just, just about their business. But these, because of envy, they turned everybody's world upside down. Hey, if I'm upset, everybody's going to be upset. If I don't like what's going on, nobody's going to like what's going on. What is it? It's envy. Moved with envy. That envy begins to continue to develop to the point where now we have to destroy, now we have to turn everybody's world upside down. It happens in the harmony of a church. God blesses and God moves and God does a work and then 
Along comes those who've allowed uh, those emotions that they have not dealt with. Uh, they, they allow that envy to come come up inside of them. And now what was just jealousy perhaps or that which is uh, disappointment in their own situation, it becomes something much more powerful than that. And they decide that they've got to do something about it. And they'll align with somebody they never would have aligned with before. Uh, they'll, they'll, matter of fact, they'll find that group that's out there on the Internet, all those scorners, and they'll, and they'll align with them and say, maybe there was something too. All they were saying about the legal and others, maybe there was something to all of those things. And now they've got to turn everybody's world upside down. Why is it? It's envy. Envy. You'll hurt your family if you allow envy to take hold of your heart. You'll hurt other people because of envy. It steeps from pride. Say, Pastor, uh, we see this uh, this evening. We, we, We get these observations and we'll put on notice tonight that we need to be very, very careful that when God blesses other people, I remind you that we're told in the book of Romans to, to, to rejoice when others rejoice. And when God blesses... See, there's a lot that you, you, you'll shed a tear with somebody, but real Christianity comes in when God blesses them and you don't seem to be getting the blessings. Can you rejoice with them? Can you be happy with them? Can you celebrate with them? Say, well, this is what I'd like to have in my life, and God gave it to somebody else. Let's be excited that He's given it to somebody. Be excited that He's blessing somebody. That's real Christianity. If you're not careful, you'll look at that and you'll say, well, how come I didn't get to do that? Or how come I wasn't using that capacity? How come God didn't bless me in this way? And we'll let that turn into something else. But the Scripture shows us what will happen in that progression with envy. But I don't want to just point out so that we can be on notice tonight what envy will do. I want us to very quickly give us the remedy for envy. To give us the antidote, if you will. The medicine. Or that which will keep us from going down this pathway. It's very simple, and it can be summed up in one word tonight, and that's contentment. Being satisfied with what God has done for us and given us. But no matter what state we are in, that we therewith will be content. But friend, that's being content with our salvation. That's being content with the goodness of God and and you and I, we, we fail so miserably, Christians, so many times of remembering all that God has done for us. We remember we're focusing on the thing that we, we were asking for. We did not get the thing we think we need. Let's be reminded that we did not deserve a Savior and He gave us a Savior. He gave us salvation. He, he, he put us in the greatest nation on the face of this planet. He, he put us in a situation where we could hear the gospel preached so that, that we could be witnessed to by a soul winner. And look what He's done for all of us. I promise you, I, I don't know what needs you have, but I can take you to parts of this world where you, you are living in luxury. You've got it made. You've got, you've got so much more. And there are people who would, who would love to be in your situation, love to be in your shoes, but you find a reason to complain about it, don't you? We find a reason to point a finger at God and say, you've been better to them than you have been to me. 
We find a reason to look at God and say, you don't know what you're doing by allowing these things to come into my life. Friend, I'm so thankful just to be saved and not have to worry about burning in hell. I get to serve Him in the capacity that I get to serve Him. But I really believe tonight that if He had something else for me, I think I'd be happy doing that as well because I get to serve God. I, 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 get, to, I get to have fellowship with Him. And friend, we've got to be satisfied with what God has given us, satisfied what God has done for us. All of us have plenty of reason to rejoice in the goodness of God. How do we live a content Christian life? We surrender our will to God. We surrender our dreams to God. We surrender our wishes to God. What does God want with my life? That's a question that I hope every young person asks. I hope every senior saint is asking it as well. Today's in front of me. What does God want from me? Well, I get to this place in my life and I didn't think it was going to be like this. I had my life all planned out and I didn't think this was going to take place. Why don't we just surrender our will to God and say, God knows better than I know. His ways are above my ways. Why don't we tonight just decide that we're going to be content with what God gives us? Content with what God allows us to do? We don't have time to get jealous of one another. We don't have time to be envious. Hey, you listen to the music tonight? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta watch myself. If I'm not careful, I'll get jealous. I'll get envious. I sit over here listening to Dr. Farber sing, and I, I you just, I, I tell you. Oh, no, that's not actually not what I was thinking, but. But you know what? We, we, so what? I, I wish I could, well, I'd be, I'm just glad that I get to be a part of it. I'm glad I get to be around it. I'm glad I get to see it and, and, and feel the presence of God and be a part of what God is doing. I'm just saying, we don't have time to get jealous of one another. We don't have time to get envious of one another. We are a church that God has called out of this world to do a work in this day. And you and I got to be focused on that, be focused on Him. And hey, if somebody God saves and brings in here and God begins to use them, we got to stand and cheer that God is still take an old sinner and God will still make him a chosen vessel and we're going to cheer for one another. Look what old so-and-so is doing for the Lord. And, and I didn't know a sister so-and-so was teaching the Sunday school class. I'm glad I'm not in there but I'm glad somebody's in there. And we ought to rejoice and we ought to just celebrate the goodness of God. We don't have time to get jealous of one another. We don't have time to get envious of one another. We are on the winning team and I'm just glad I get to participate in the game. I'm glad I just get to be a part of what God is doing, and when it's all said and done, everything we've done for God isn't going to be enough to show our gratitude, isn't going to be enough to, to, to lay at His feet. We ought to do as much as we can and cheer for one another. There's no time to get envious. There's no time to get jealous because it's all about Him. If we're not careful, there's somebody in the room tonight that you can allow the devil himself will begin to sit on your shoulder and say, that should have been you. Well, the pastor should have done this. That should be your kid. 
you made more of a sacrifice than they've made. Number one, you don't know what goes on in everybody's life. Let me just interject that. But that is not of God. It's of self. It's of a lack of surrender. It's a lack of focus on Him. See, envy will do what these other things that we're so careful to stay away from, we should be careful, will not do. Let's go to the heart. Are you content with Jesus? See, that's what we say when we look and we say, well, this should be me or that shouldn't have been them. We're not content with what God has given us. Let's be content with the goodness of God. And the message tonight that if we're not careful, it could destroy this church. It could derail the hopes that another generation coming up to serve God. I've seen, through the years, I've seen faithful men and women serve the Lord in great capacity. And what was it that derails them? Somewhere on the line, their pride welled up in them. And then there was some envy. Not just jealousy as we would say, not even coveting, wishing we had what someone else had. But this envy is a step beyond that. That not only do I begrudge what God has given me, I've got to do something to bring them down. I've got to do something to hinder them because of the blessings of God. What a sad, sad way to live. You're a part of the church. Responsibility of the church is to build one another, is to encourage one another, is to help one another succeed for the glory of God. May that be our prayer tonight. Hey, somebody, hey, not every kid can can get the honor roll. But let, let, let your kid be the let him be let him be the protector. He may not be smart enough to make all A's, but man, have him work out so he can keep all the boys away. Whatever. I mean, but we all we all can help one another is the point I'm making. We all can do something for the cause of Christ. Everybody calls everybody to serve in every capacity, but the Bible teaches that we're one body. Every part of the body is important. God didn't make you one to serve in one capacity that you thought you should serve in, but He's got you serving in another. That's important. That's important. Let's help one another. Let's guard our hearts. Guard our hearts so that we don't become a casualty. How many souls have there been who have potential to do amazing things for God? God uses them and God is always going to have a man. God is always going to be bringing people up and blessing them and elevating them. Let's not get disappointed because God didn't call our kids to the mission field. That's the other side of this coin of, of not hanging on to our children. And we may say, well, I want my kid to do this and I want my kid to do that. And God may have a completely different plan for your child than you have. There's no reason to be envious because God's using another uh, person's child in one way or another. God has a perfect plan. Do you realize? Uh, I'll use this and I'll close. It, God called me to preach. He put me on this planet to do exactly what I'm doing right now. And, and the only way 
Lord, that I'll get a reward in heaven if I'm faithful to do what He has created me to do. But do you realize the same goes for every child of God? But the Christian who's never been called to preach a message, and they've never been called to sing a special, God has a different plan for them, and if they just fulfill that plan, do you realize they're going to get the same exact reward that a preacher of the gospel is going to get just by being faithful? Hey, friend, just be faithful tonight, and just continue on tonight. And let's cheer for one another. Let's pray for one another. And the life is too hard to be trying to pull one another down. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Don't be moved with envy. Be moved by conviction. Moved with compassion. Father, I pray tonight that you'll take this simple message, use it to your honor and glory. May any hint of jealousy, any hint of envy that we have in our heart tonight, may we deal with that. May we ask the Holy Spirit of God to kill it in our hearts, to kill it in our life, before it moves us to do things that we can't ever take back. Father, I pray that You'll keep the spirit of this church as it is. It is obvious you don't have to be in the building. You don't have to be a part of this church very long to sense the real Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God. There's no, there's no room for envy. There's no room for jealousy. There's no room for these issues of the heart that would derail the good things of God. And we be determined to pray for one another and help one another. We stand to our feet tonight. Our heads are bowed. The piano begins to play. If God's there to be anyway, I invite you to come. A simple message.